This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladinsami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we are truly honored to welcome a great American patriot, a principal leader, and one of our nation's most brilliant minds advancing freedom, Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson is founder of the American Cornerstone Institute. He served as the 17th Secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And for nearly 30 years, Secretary Carson served as Director of Pediatric Neurosurgery at the John Johns Hopkins Children's Center, a position he assumed when he was just 33 years old, becoming the youngest major division director in the hospital's history. He is the author of numerous best-selling books, including Gifted Hands, Think Big, A More Perfect Union, among other great titles, and his recent book, Created Equal, is a must-read for every American. And on this note, we welcome Dr. Ben Carson once again to America's Roundtable Radio. Great to see you again, Dr. Carson. Welcome, Dr. Carson. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Dr. Carson, on the topic of education, one of America's founding fathers, Benjamin Rush, in an essay in 1786 said, It is favorable to liberty. Freedom can exist only in the society of knowledge. Without learning, men are incapable of knowing their rights. And where learning is confined to a few people, liberty can neither be equal nor universal." While America led the world in education for decades, Dr. Carson, with creativity and innovation, placing the first man on the moon on July 16, 1969, we find the nation in the 21st century experiencing serious challenges. And just very briefly to repeat and relay what the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, said in its recent study that came out in March of 2023. It reported results on tests for 15-year-old students around the world and the U.S. placed 11th out of 79 countries in science when the test was last administered in 2018. It did much worse in math, ranking 30th. And the top five math-scoring countries in 2018 were all in Asia. Uh, Dr. Carson, you are a tireless warrior on the strategic funds of our day and a great champion for reforming America's educational system and the current structures controlled by large unions. Uh, Dr. Carson, why is America failing its children? What are your observations and what is your message to parents and grandparents in order to bring about positive changes for the next generation? Well, there was a time when we were right at the top when it came to education, and we were admired around the world for that. When Alexis de Tocqueville came to America in 1831 uh, to study our country because the Europeans were fascinated. 
that a country barely 50 years old was already competing with them on virtually every level. What the heck was going on? He wanted to know. And one of the things he looked at was our educational system. And he was duly impressed uh, how literate our societies were. He could find a mountain man and the guy could read, could tell him about the uh, Declaration of Independence. In addition to teaching people reading, writing, and arithmetic, we also taught them values. And that was a very important part of who we were as a nation. And what's happening now is the value proposition is disappearing and um, being substituted with various types of social programs and ideological uh, musings that are not helpful, that don't create uh, knowledgeable people, that certainly don't create patriotic people. And it's all about politics and ideology, mm. not about education and opportunity. And uh, we're seeing the results of that, unfortunately, in our society. Doesn't mean that we should capitulate and throw the towel in. It means that we should learn uh, from the past. We know what works. So why are we abandoning what works and picking up something that is detrimental to our nation? <laughs> Right. Uh, Dr. Carson, in your excellent op-ed piece titled Everything is Bigger in Texas, including School Choice, which was published via Fox News in April, you shared about the school choice, which became a cornerstone of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's legislative agenda. And you also brought up a recent poll by the University of Houston, which found that a majority of Texans, including 65% of blacks and 54% of Latinos, support education freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, could you kind of share with the listeners, how do state-funded education savings accounts work? And why don't we see all the states adopt this system, which is better for children, since you also mentioned in this piece that the studies show that children living in states with schools choice score better, both on standardized tests and in their classes. Well, you know, it's not that we don't spend enough money on students for education. You take a school system like Baltimore. You probably heard the story a couple months ago. They looked at 23 public schools mm. to see if what the uh, level of competency in math was. And uh, thousands of students involved, they found not a single student who was performing math at grade level. Mm. And this was in elementary, middle, and high school. Mm. Yet, the spending per child in Baltimore is somewhere between sixteen and $23,000 a year Unbelievable. per child. Right. So it's not that there's not enough money being spent. It's obviously not being spent in an appropriate way and in a useful and effective way. And school choice is a wonderful possibility because it will force those public schools to begin to take stock of what's happening. Right now, the administrators, the teachers, they get paid the same no matter whether the kids succeed or not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they don't care. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you need to put some incentives in there. And if they have to compete against other schools, all of a sudden, uh, I think they're going to wake up and start doing what's right. Now, what happens is in instead of taking all that money and pouring it into the public schools, some of the states have decided that they would allocate a certain amount 
per student, and it's usually several thousand dollars, and it goes into a special escrow account for that student and can be used for tuition and, and other purposes. Uh, even for homeschooling, it can be used to purchase equipment and various things that are needed. So it's an extraordinary ideal. And uh, I think it's going to continue to grow. Since 2020, homeschooling has doubled. Wow. Amazing. And if you look at the private schools, particularly the faith-based private schools, they all have long waiting lists. People want to get in there and get their kids in there. All right. Well, Dr. Carson, we're talking about raising the debt ceiling again. And according to the U.S. Treasury website, I quote, Congress has always acted when called upon to raise the debt ceiling. Since 1960, Congress has acted 78 separate times to permanently raise, temporarily extend, or revise the definition of the debt limit. Now, this means that there were 78 debt ceiling changes in 63 years. This system of raising the debt limit in the last minute, which became a norm, should not be a permanent solution. Uh, we see that America is on an unsustainable path of overspending, and instead of balancing the budget, which would mean that we spend what we earn, the U.S. government keeps on overspending and running annual budget deficits, which require more borrowing and constantly increasing debt. Uh, Dr. Carson, what would be your principal solution in order to bring fiscal responsibility and accountability to taxpayers? Well, we clearly have to get people elected who believe in fiscal responsibility. You know, uh, right now, we have a government that acts like a little kid who's been given a credit card. Doesn't really understand the implications. They just know, I can take this card and I can buy all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I can get candy and ice cream. They just are so ridiculous because they're not thinking about those who are coming after them. Right. Thomas Jefferson said, it is immoral to steal from future generations. He would turn over in his grave if he could see what we were doing. And it's going to impact the quality of their lives because right now, the service on the debt is our third biggest federal government expenditure. Mm. In another 12 years, it'll be number one. And uh, obviously, that's going to mean increased taxation and a decreased quality of life for those who are coming after us. So I think one of the things that needs to be done is we need to make sure that those people whose lives are going to be affected by this understand what's going on. I don't think our young people understand what's going on. You know, they're more interested in pronouns and things of that nature and don't realize what is happening to their future. And, and I think if they did know what was going on, they'd be quite alarmed about it. Absolutely. And they're concerned about, you know, at least university students that have graduated are concerned about their student debt. But when you look at the America's national debt, over $30 trillion, that is a significant burden that is being placed on future generations. Absolutely. And even if we start being responsible now, uh, the die has been cast, it's still going to cause a lot of grief, but better late than never. We need this before we have a complete meltdown, a complete breakdown of our system. It has happened to other countries in the past. All we have to do is look at Argentina and some of the places that mm -hmm. uh, were prosperous 
and completely destroyed themselves uh, fiscally. The model is there. It's the model that we are following, and we can't expect anything other than the same thing to happen unless we change. Right, right. And Dr. Carson, another topic, uh, recent actually news about the Durham report, uh, which was released by Special Counsel John Durham, shows that FBI's investigation of Russia's collusion with the 2016 Donald Trump campaign was set up by FBI. And this became a channel for spreading disinformation from the Hillary Clinton campaign. So the Hillary Clinton campaign deployed foreign nationals an opposition research outfit and political insiders to feed the FBI and the media lies about Trump-Russia collusion. And let me briefly quote your words from the tweet that you shared. And I quote, The Durham report is a double-edged sword. On one hand, it is a relief to see President Trump, a victim of political persecution, receive further vindication and justice around the political charge Russia hoax that engulfed his presidency. But on the other hand, it is a sobering and disturbing reminder that our nation's most distinguished institutions are crumbling before our very eyes because of politics, corruption and collusion. We need to think long and hard about the country we want our children to grow up in. Surely this isn't it. Dr. Carson, where do we go from here? How do we clean up our institutions from corruption and collusion? Well, this is where the people come in. Because we don't have a mechanism, quite frankly, for dealing with corrupt governmental institutions. There is no mechanism. So the FBI can just sort of thumb its nose and say, okay, so you caught us, big deal. We're still going to do what we want to do. And there's nobody who can stop us. And it's, it's true. There is no one who can. We don't have a mechanism for dealing with it. That's why John Adams said our system was designed for a moral and religious people. And it's wholly inadequate for the governance of any other. But we don't have a moral religious people anymore. Mm. So we got a real problem here. The only solution is that the people have to throw out their representatives who are going along with all this stuff and put in people who will change the system. You know, our Declaration of Independence talks about the people have the right to change things if it's not working. And it is not working. <laughs> and people have a right to change it. And if they don't, then unfortunately, they're going to get what they deserve. One of the things that we've truly appreciated, Dr. Carson, and what you're doing today, you're not talking just about the challenges and the problems, but you are working with a great team and partners to provide solutions for America. And in a recent letter you shared, as a divided America, it has allowed indoctrination to infiltrate our schools, and many teachers have lost their direction in educating our children, and our students are suffering the consequences, unquote. And through your excellent organization, the American Cornerstone Institute, you and your team have created a special program called Little Patriots with one mission in mind, to teach kids the truth about America's history and our nation's founding principles in a manner that would fully engage and embrace. Dr. Carson, could you share with our engaged listeners details about this unique program and where they can enroll and get this informative and enlightening materials? Yes, well, we were very concerned when the COVID pandemic revealed 
some of the things that were being taught in our schools to our children. Uh, critical race theory, 1619 project, uh, teaching little white kids that they were horrible oppressors and black kids and minorities that they were victims. How is that, any of that supposed to help? Hmm. So we said, let's go back and not rewrite history, but present it the correct way. The good, the bad, and the ugly. But if you're objective, you'll see there's a lot more good than there is bad and ugly. Some of those other programs, they just build everything around the bad and ugly and say, see, that's who we are. Mm. That's not who we are. So we've put together a beautiful internet-based program, K through five, all kinds of teaching aids, uh, videos, interactive programs. We have a new part of the program uh, that's called Star Spangled Adventures. We hired mm -hmm. terrific animators, some of the best in the, in the nation who are non-woke, uh, to put together these beautiful lessons. Um, it's up for an international award in animation. That's how good it is. That's incredible. All of this is free of charge mm -hmm. uh, because we've gotten terrific underwriters from across the country who understand how much trouble we're in and they've underwritten the program so that we can make it available to anybody in the United States who wants to have the program. That's wonderful. And um, it's, it's at littlepatriotslearning.com. And you can sign up for it. And we, we love for parents and, and grandparents to do it with their children. The reason I say that is because how many grandparents Parents and parents don't know much about American history, too. That's right. You know, when you see some of those men on the street interviews, <laughs> and they're asking, <laughs> and you say, how can people not know that? Well, they don't. And uh, we need to fix that. We need to be knowledgeable because that gives us the background to make appropriate decisions. That's right. Absolutely. So we encourage our listeners to seek out this Little Patriots program through American Cornerstone Institute. And um, if I'm not mistaken, if I could just have you repeat that website once again for our listeners, Dr. Carson. LittlePatriotsLearning.com. But you can access all the programs at American Cornerstone. Org. Wonderful indeed. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Carson, as we enter the Memorial Day weekend, we are reminded about the great sacrifices made by men and women who served our country and the families that they left behind and reflecting on that tragic losses that these families experience. It is also a time to honor the heroes of freedom, especially reflecting on the defining global conflicts of our time. And we remember what happened in World War II. If America had not entered this specific conflict with a clear mission to defeat tyranny and oppression and bring an end to the Holocaust when Nazi Germany under Austrian-born Adolf Hitler, a dictator, killed over six million Jews in Europe. And we also remember that D-Day is just around the corner when on June 6, 1944, Americans and their allies landed on the Normandy beaches and actually made great progress in liberating Europe. Dr. Carson, from your perspective, why are this weekend ceremonies so important for our fellow Americans and the lessons of America's principal role in standing for freedom so relevant for today, especially for young generations, or for this young generation so removed from what took place decades ago? 
Well, recognize that 1% of our population volunteers for the military and provides the freedom for the rest of us. But think about all the things that have happened in the past. You mentioned D-Day. Well, think about all the women who went into the factories and built more airplanes, tanks, and mortars than anybody could imagine. That's right. Think about the boys, 16, 17, 18, 19, they lied about their age so they could fight for our country. Think about going into the shores of Normandy, being mowed down by machine gun fire, thousands of bodies laying dead in the sand. Were the others afraid? Of course they were, but they, they turned back. They did not. They stepped over those dead bodies and they overwhelmed the Axis forces knowing in many cases that they would never see their homeland or their loved ones again. Why did they do that? Obviously not for themselves. They did it for us so that we could live in peace and freedom. And we have to keep that in mind and recognize that we have a responsibility for those who are coming after us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Right. And Dr. Carson, we thank you so much for your words on this Memorial Day weekend. Um, and also, as our fellow Americans sometimes look at all the problems we face and are somewhat overwhelmed, and what are your final thoughts of uh, perhaps a challenge or encouragement to our fellow Americans and what they can do uh, to save America uh, for the next generation? I would say take your wallet out or your purse and look at that bill in there or that coin and look what's inscribed on it. <laughs> says, in God we trust. Let's let not that be just a useless phrase, but let's put it to use. Let's trust in God, and let's believe in godly principles of loving your neighbor, caring for those who can't care for themselves, developing your God-given talents to the utmost so that you become valuable to the people around you, having values and principles that govern your life. That's what America is about. Thank you so much indeed, Dr. Carson, for joining us on America's Roundtable. Dr. Ben Carson is founder of the American Cornerstone Institute, and he served as the 17th Secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And we certainly wish you continued success in your important mission at American Cornerstone Institute. Thank you, Thank you so much, Dr. Carson. Thank you so much for joining us today. A pleasure. As Dr. Carson shared with us, we don't have mechanisms to deal with the systemic corruption pervading our institutions. The only recourse that we have is elections to choose moral people to represent us. It is a freedom that is at stake. Our founding fathers who created the U.S. Constitution understood well the dangers that we experience in America today. John Adams observed, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Thomas Jefferson wrote, An educated citizenry is a vital requisite for our survival as a free people. George Washington said, If the freedom of speech is taken away, dumb and silent we may be led, like sheep, to the slaughter. Benjamin Franklin relayed, Think what you do, when you run in debt, you give to another power over your liberty. Rather go to bed without dinner than to rise in debt. And John Adams also said, There is danger from all men. The only maxim of a free government ought to be to trust no man living with power to endanger the public liberty. Our freedoms are under attack in America today. 
We are incurring unsustainable debt. America's public education is dumbing down our children through a politically charged curricula. The dumbing down of America's voters is taking place by partisan censorship of unfavorable news and endangering the freedom of speech. The Durham report, revealing the Clinton campaign using partisan FBI and media to spread lies about Russia's collusion with the Trump campaign, and the recent revelation by the U.S. Congress of bank records which show the Biden family, their business associates and their companies receiving over $10 million from foreign nationals after Joe Biden became vice president. These demonstrate that we do not have moral people at the very top of our government. So, to use our only mechanism at the moment which is elections, in order to elect moral people to represent us so that we can address this pervasive corruption and collusion in our country, we need to make sure to have election integrity, immune to the interference by bad actors. And as we commemorate this Memorial Day weekend and dedicate it to fallen soldiers who gave their lives so that we can live in freedom, we have to make sure that their sacrifice was not in vain. The least we can do is to fight for freedom here in America, for which they gave their lives fighting for us around the world. We have a responsibility to the fallen soldiers and a new generation to preserve the freedom in America. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladensami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. americasrt.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at americasrt. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com.